and buddy and the baby. And to Poppy. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. It's not Christmas now. Probably in a few days it'll be Christmas if you're listening to this. Or it's past Christmas. You're listening to this on Christmas. Why are you listening to a podcast on Christmas? Go talk to people, I'm guessing. And if you're in the Christmas spirit coming into this podcast, you're in the right place because we will get you out. <laughs> We, me and Moxie, have joined together to talk about a special topic and a special podcast. In yes, welcome to Just Claws, a the Santa Claus rewatch podcast. Yes, uh, this is more of an of a Def Blart situation than a Sell Me to the Moon situation. If we do this next year. We're going to have to do something special, more special than this, but we'll find yeah. a way. Life finds a way. Death finds a way in this movie. Yeah. Uh, we watched the Santa Claus one and the Santa Claus two, the movie starring uh, a 1994 Tim, film starring Tim Allen, uh, Judge Ryan. Judge Reinhold, yes. <laughs> we took notes, both of us, and we're just so excited about them. Yeah, my first note is just Judge Reinhold, really. It's a dope name for yeah. anyone to have. <laughs> yeah. And I forgot I forget I forgot that that was him till I remembered that was him. Well, what else is he in? Because he's like a big name actor, but like I don't know his work. He he feels like uh the guy, the other guy in that one Molly Ringwald movie, the the friend guy. I feel like that guy and that Molly Ringwald's friend. You mean like the jock from the Breakfast Club? No, not not Breakfast Club. The one where the where the loser guy, the loser scrawny mm. guy. I don't remember his name or the movie <laughs> okay, I'm talking well, about. Uh, <laughs> Reinhold, IMDb. <laughs> Who are He's you? Not- <laughs> He's not in that movie, but he feels like one of those guys that's in a ton of movies oh, and you has were, a ton of roles. You were having me identify his vibe. Uh, he was in Beverly Hills Cop for our old listeners. Um, okay, yeah, he was a cop in that. He was one of the cops that just was like sitting around and talking, looking at eddie murphy do things oh here's something more contemporary he played himself but as a judge named judge reinhold in arrested development oh that's fun yeah so sure we we probably have some friends who've seen him there um we have some other cool names in the cast uh peter boyle rest in peace he was the uh ray romano's dad on everybody loves raymond uh oh. he's hmm. uh, he's playing uh he's playing scott calvin's boss in this movie mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, I, just real quick, the movie I was thinking of is Sixteen Candles. Okay, okay, sure. I'm thinking yeah. of the scrawny guy in Sixteen Candles, like the type of guy that you see in a ton of movies, and you don't really pay attention to him exactly, but you see him in a ton of movies. He's cast for his energy, not his face. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
there's one like standout role in this movie and we'll get into the character later, but I just want to shout out because I feel like maybe a lot of people don't shout out to David Crumholtz who played Bernard. This dude whips ass. I love this guy. I love his character and I love what he brings to the role. He's incredible. David, if you're listening, we love you. (laughs) Yeah, he he really steals the show in a little bit of both movies, to be honest. I forgot these were Disney films, which is my first note. <laughs> we watched these on Disney. We're watching this on So, true story. Disney Plus. Uh, I already owned the Santa Claus 1 on Amazon Prime. Okay, fair. fair. So I, just, I rented the second one for $3. Okay. I used the Disney Plus free trial. <laughs> Because I'm not going to use Disney Plus ever. I was looking for clues hardcore during the first scene. The movie opens with us having this big meeting um, where they're like congratulating a bunch of marketing marketing executives. Um, yeah. And that's there, our main character, Scott Calvin, is a big toy marketing guy uh, for the company that is named Midwest. He's the Midwest marketing branch of B&R Toys. And I tried to see if these meant anything, and they don't. They just, there's nothing. <laughs> yeah, I I forgot that first scene existed. <laughs> like, a lot of... There's but... a cool hallway shot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Go on. Uh, but it's a lot of, like, nothing a little bit. It's set up his character a little bit. It's set up... Uh, I guess him actually working with toys to a degree and kind of being in that role. Over the beautiful and talented, uh, is it Susan Perry or Susan Derry? I can't read my own handwriting. Uh, his partner for Midwest Marketing, who is, uh, she was about to give a speech and about four words in, he just cut through and was a big shit. Mm. He tells infinite lies in this film and it starts in the very first scene uh what what's your take on scott calvin even before he gets into his car uh see i my first note but after the toy factory stuff is bad dad oh my god i don't know i don't know if i agree i it's it's not him exactly, it's just the vibe. It's just like, uh, let's see. Did you notice, because I zeroed in on this, there are so many fake Santas in the first like five minutes of this movie. They're everywhere. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Salvation Army guy ringing a bell who's a Santa. There's a Santa in the hallway. If you look in the background as he's driving by in his car, uh, We'll get to what's actually foreshadowed in that scene, but there are just many, many Santas. God, I, this movie is said it's, it's foreshadowed. It's a smart film, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I think it's very well constructed. Okay, you can continue. Uh, <laughs> For the listener's sake, um, I'm going to come out ahead of this and say that I genuinely unironically like the first Santa Claus. And I'm hoping when we compare our notes that it'll it'll be a lot of fireworks as my notes go up against yours, because there's a lot of love in these pages. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I, I really like this movie. 
And I, I didn't mind. And before, just to prefer, I didn't mind the second one, but it was very much TV movie yeah. type stuff. Um, so we get to Scott's house after a little musical in traffic sequence. Um, and Judge Reinhold's character. Um, we meet Neil for the first time, refusing to get out of the car. And uh, Scott keeps a pretty nice house. It's lightly decorated. He's like a dad that's like trying a little, but he's clearly never home. Um, but Tim Allen is just ripping into Neil endlessly. Everything <laughs> yeah. comes out of his mouth is owning Neil. <laughs> and Charlie, uh, Charlie's this little bowl cut seven year old, and he's he's a very sweet kid, but he's. He's like a super real kid, if you ask me. Like, yeah, after both parents, he's sarcastic, but he's also picking up on Neil's psychology stuff. And he he cries plenty like he feels extremely seven. Yeah. Uh, Tim Allen is very divorced. <laughs> he's super divorced. Um, Laura, his wife's name. Uh She's pretty cool. Um, she's she's kind of she reminds me of an aunt of mine or a great aunt of mine. She's worried about a lot. She takes things very seriously. Uh, you don't see her make a joke. Every, almost every other character <laughs> makes a joke. She is the anchor of this movie. And as far as that goes, hmm. um, she she she's kind of in the role of being the person who reacts to the world more than more than even Neil, who's constantly trying to rationalize the world. Um, she just panics in a very realistic way about everything. Yeah. Neil over tries his psychology stuff. She just kind of reacts. <laughs> did uh, uh, MILF alert MILF uh, first? Uh, and I'm not talking about Charlie's mom. Did you catch the secret MILF? <laughs> I, I did not. Uh, they're, going to, they're going to Neil's mom's house for the holidays. <laughs> And Charlie's mom hands Tim Allen a uh, a card with Neil's mom's phone number on it. And he says, 1-800-SPANK-ME, I know this number. So we can assume <laughs> that Neil's mom is a mill. This is why you have your own, Moxie, for the, for the real, <laughs> real deep cuts. Oh, I, I was very thorough. Um... <laughs> So this movie has some really good, like, it's hard to get good Christmas music. Every Christmas song in this movie is, like, the best version of that song. Um, And I bring that up because we're about to see Tim Allen try to cook. And we get this amazing gag where it's, like, panning over this beautiful spread for dinner. And then it zooms out of a television where that's being played. And the turkey catches fire twice. Yeah, that... <laughs> that goes great. Uh... And Charlie talks about lashing out irrationally. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I love that. They're in the car. And <laughs> I love that Scott Calvin doesn't disagree, but he's still upset. Uh, I have to Google something that I meant to Google. Um, he tries to take Carly, uh, Charlie out for Oso Buco, which is uh, <laughs> veal uh, in wine with tomato paste. Um, hmm. he's like trying to take Charlie to a five-star restaurant and it does not work out. So they end up at Denny's. Well, do you know where they go? Denny's. Yeah, they ended up at Denny's. Uh, I have one note here. 
It says top 10 Charlie pouting moments. Uh, he was having a bad God, time. So many. <laughs> uh, the Denny's they go to uh-huh. is filled with one, Japanese businessmen. So many. And two, dads that burn their turkeys. Dads that look worse than Scott Calvin by okay, like 10%. Yeah. Very divorced dads that burn their turkeys. <laughs> and they all just give him a look. And <laughs> there's one with two daughters and one that's also there with his son, I believe. And it's like going back in time a little bit. Like each of them looks slightly more outdated. The, the, <laughs> the guy with his son has like a very 70s mustache. Um, mm. And then we meet Judy. Yeah. Oh, uh... <laughs> I just saw my note here. Uh, the kid is so depressed. He's so depressed. What's the line that told you how depressed Charlie is? What was it? It was. I don't. I don't have it down, but it was something that's like he is so so sad right now. Was it perhaps plain milk's fine? Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> it didn't have. It didn't have chocolate milk. It, they didn't have what didn't they have? They didn't have eggnog. They didn't have eggnog. So Scott got coffee and Charlie wanted chocolate milk. They didn't have chocolate milk, so he got plain milk. And then Scott goes, at least they have hot apple pie. And then Judy goes, We did. So <laughs> you don't even get the pie that's like advertised all over the walls. <sighs> my my note right after this interaction is just three words child disappointing simulator. Yeah. Uh, then we smash cut to bedtime and we get some really cool uh, terminology here uh, the rose such a gladder is what I have written down <laughs> along with uh, reindeer questions yeah uh, I have, lo- have down a logic owned Santa <laughs> you want to expand on that for me uh- <laughs> Uh, I think from Neil, Charlie has all these questions about Santa. Like, how does he fly if reindeer don't have wings? How does he get down chimneys? What do, do people do? What do he do if houses don't even have chimneys? All of the lore that Scott makes up on the spot becomes true and real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charlie goes to bed with his beliefs reaffirmed. He tells Scott to leave out milk and cookies just in case. So Scott's doing something right. Uh, And then we get the thud and the panic attack and the other thud. (laughs) Yeah, a a clatter, if you will. A clatter, Dad. (laughs) Um, Scott puts on a coat, but not pants. (laughs) Yeah. He was in boxers for... A good amount of the movie. He spent so much time with his pants off. Um, video game style. Scott uses his taunt, forcing Santa to turn around. <laughs> yeah. And, and he just immediately, there's no, there's not a moment of like looking down at Scott. Santa immediately takes a step and slopes off the roof and dies on impact. Well, not quite actually. Do you remember? Yeah, that look. Oh, I was saying that was a, that was a survivable fall. That was a survivable fall. Santa could have survived that. There's a scene 
right before he disappears. Where you see and he, he waves. He waves. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm dying. I <laughs> my next line here is Santa suicide. <laughs> Did he plan this? <laughs> he, he didn't make any sounds on anybody else's roof. <laughs> well, my time is up now. Time to give this to this guy. Hold on. Is this the gift though? <laughs> is Santa's gift this year to Charlie a better dad? <laughs> 1994 was a hell of a year. Truly. Uh, Charlie comes out fully dressed in what he was wearing that day and immediately accuses Scott of murder. Um, I have a line here that just says, can you show me a nude Santa? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, just his clothes are left when they come back out. And Tim Allen assumes that Santa ran off naked. I My next lines are, um, I don't remember what state of mind I was in. I think the jingly music kicked in and they like went up the rose such a gladder to the to the roof. Uh, let's not step over that. Yeah, we should address the rose such a gladder. There is a ladder that appears and it's called the rose such a ladder. As in it was made by the Rose Suchek Ladder Company. Yes. Yes. It's not the most unbelievable <laughs> name, but it's pretty up there. It's the, I, It may be the best joke in the movie. It, well, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Um, My next two lines are, <laughs> like I said, I think the jingly music kicked in, and it's when Scott kind of, for the first time, allows himself to be part of this. And I'm just writing, God, this is so fucking magical. And I guess I started crying. Uh, (laughs) This was immediately cut short by Scott making a joke about the reindeer having key Lyme disease and a bunch of stock fart sounds. Yeah, the reindeer animatronics are, they're not bad, especially for the time, but they're very jarring. They're... (laughs) You notice when you start looking at how they're standing very still, they always have their heads on a sway to kind of distract us. Yeah. But their faces don't look bad. Um, I actually was like, are these real at a certain point? Because he pets one and it doesn't look super fake. Yeah. And then he talks about getting Disney Channel. Oh, now that's not super blatant in this movie, except for that line. We'll get to how blatant it gets in the second movie. Oh, yeah, some product placement. (laughs) Now, did you notice, I'm sure because you have eyes, you did, the uh, really, really just tight, pitch-perfect 1994 CGI? Yeah, yeah. Perfectly still rows of deer shooting off the roof like a paper airplane? Mm -hmm. When it looks bad, it looks so bad. And then Tim Allen makes a drug joke. Yeah, which drug? I don't remember because there's a second, the one in the second one that is overtaking this one. He made a drug joke after this. Um, are we talking about him living through the '60s or? What? Yes, that's it. So he got a bunch of his home improvement buddies on this uh, 
on this movie and i just i'm triviaing this out because there's a he passes by a truck and asks for directions and that's one of his friends from the home improvement show and there's so much bleed between that show and this movie that it's fucking astonishing (laughs) um my next two notes are real guilt hours and put on the guilt pants So this is, I think, this is when Charlie's saying, you never do anything I want to do. Yeah. And then he puts on the pants at gunpoint. Yes, at child point. At child point, yeah. Uh, that's when he makes his big weed joke um, and gets attacked by a dog. Yes. Uh, he. The effects were him entering the houses is so... <laughs> oh my god! The... Are we talking about the tiny chimney now? Because the tiny chimney is like an iconic scene. Yeah, they're both. They're all of him in the chimney. There's are, a, it's fun, but they're the there's tiny a chimney big really wet kidding. jello noise <laughs> as the chimney acts like a straw and sucks him into it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they did the effect on the wall because it's not like it fades from a radiator to a um an actual fireplace it seems to like stretch out claymation style but it's smoother than that hmm. it, it's it's a neat transition i'll give him that yeah uh yes this okay i have two notes here that are related to the delivery one is common is very good wait what i have two notes here related to like the delivery stuff uh one <laughs> common is very good yeah Dude, where do you get celery? Yeah, yeah. Um, he goes into that little girl's house, right? And did she leave celery out for him? I don't think so. There was he puts it in the corner of his mouth like a cigar. Because it didn't say anything about celery. They said milk and cookies, and he said yeah. it was lactose intolerant. And then maybe he got it from the last house. I, I guess. The kid in that scene is super adorable. Uh, not yeah. not to veer from comedy podcasts too much, but she's great. And when she comes back later, she's even better. Uh, he says he's lactose and toddler ants, and she takes it to heart. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the kayak, which is my as a kid was my favorite thing. Yeah, <laughs> just impossible space. There, he puts like his whole torso through a hole in the floor underneath the bag is how they do it um, <laughs> to pull out like an oar. And it's the practical effects are not that bad in this movie. Uh, I have a note here that like, I think a bunch of rich people who were involved in this movie just lent out their houses for it because there's a ton of nice interiors. <laughs> Everywhere he goes looks really good. I, I just I got jealous. <laughs> <laughs> oh charlie gets a dog in the sleigh that's that's oh we're, yeah we're flying to the north pole now and it's adorable the dog has a little bow for a collar it's it's the worst in that it's so cute <clears throat> oh and here's our first tool time overlap uh his ho 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 if you remember is just a is just a, a home improvement grunt arc 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 yeah thank you it's it's very mr crab slowed down <laughs> uh next uh, next up before the north pole is elves before the oh yeah the russian elf yes the one elf (laughs) 
uh, I took uh, this is weird, but like I said, I was hunting for clues, Da Vinci Code style. This whole movie, I have the pin number to get into the North Pole here. Oh, okay, you're gonna need to save that. Yeah, put it in a safe place. Make sure no one else sees it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's not what I thought it was. I thought it was 1225, you know, for reasons. Yeah. It's the wrong day. What, what, what is it? It's 1229. Huh. The day before New Year's Eve. I don't understand why. What were they going for? Weird. Weird. It's just weird. And this movie has some moments that are just weird. It's this like like really deep zoom on the Russian elf's fingers to make sure we know that the password is 1229. Yeah, uh to summarize, they land in the North Pole somewhere. Now oh, yeah. They do land in the North Pole. <laughs> they they are the reindeer run off. They are confused. They don't know what's going on. And they see an elf just walk up. Uh, no, they see a pole rise up from the ground. Yeah, that's the North Pole. <laughs> then they see an elf walk up to it. Wearing a Yushanka. Yes. Press numbers and then walk away. And then... And it starts a Dark Souls elevator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No... yeah. That's that is all it could be. You see it later in its full form. It's it's. I've gushed about this on Tumblr before. We enter Santa's workshop. This is the most beautiful rendition of Santa's workshop I've ever seen in film. It is so lovingly crafted. Yeah. I, my note for this is just this set whips ass. Yeah. Oh, we see all the elves. Uh, he. Tim Allen is very confused and wants to talk to the whoever's in charge, which is yes! him. And who is in charge after him? Bernard. My boy, Bernard. He's the coolest guy in all these films. <laughs> he wears a cool hat that has like a little like, uh, it's like a badge, but also a ribbon on it. And is he has like, what would you say his hairstyle is? It's very tightly curled. But it's not like I wouldn't call the first movie is definitely like dreads, and this in the second movie is less dreads and more curls. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got he's got dreads going on. Uh, He gives uh, well, let's not get to that yet. Uh, All of all of Bernard's concerns revolve around Charlie. Uh, He asks (laughs) if he's hungry, and my note for that is Charlie has no Denny's meter remaining. So uh, he gets uh, he gets someone to feed Charlie and then spend some time yelling at Scott, which is great. Um, we get the ma- the magnifier scene. If you want to take us through that. Oh yes, the Santa Claus. This is the dirtiest <laughs> contract in the world. Yeah, yeah. We we'll get to it more in the second movie. <laughs> It's absolutely filthy in its design. I don't think it's legally binding. <laughs> it's magically I, binding, not legally binding. Lord, here's get the you interesting out of thing is there's a timeline where Scott reacted to this like a normal person called the cops and was not subject to the <laughs> Call the cops! <laughs> like... We're gonna have all these elves arrested. 
well, no, just a, a dude was breaking into my house via the roof dressed like Santa. Uh, I'm going to call the police. Oh, oh, the cops called on him. Yeah. And in that timeline, the clause doesn't apply. But the thing is, Scott did put on the suit. And that's the binding part of the clause. If you put on the suit, you're stuck with it. Uh, this is amazing because it's not foreshadowing, but it does actually carefully set them up for a sequel. Um, the last line of the clause is by either accident or design, meaning so, there are on purpose ways for the clause to break. If you kill Santa, your Santa is set up to be dead. And if you kill Santa and Santa. like a pervert put on his clothes, <laughs> then you're Santa. Uh, during this, uh, Bernard gives Charlie the snow globe plot device. I love this thing. It was so emotionally huge for me as a kid. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to get into my tragic shit, but I wanted one because I never knew where my dad was. <laughs> hmm. It's it's such a sweet gesture. And Bernard says it's very old, just like me. And I'm like, oh, come on, Bernard. You're giving him a a very enchanted artifact for Christmas. The <laughs> uh, note here is Santa's Amazon warehouse. <laughs> I, 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 I just wanted, I just wanted to make that joke. Okay. I I'm going to for 10 seconds, jump ahead to the second movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> they actually do that in the second movie. Huh? <laughs> I, th- I feel like Scott Calvin's business acumen poisoned the warehouse because it becomes an Amazon warehouse. There are assembly lines first thing mm-hmm. in the second movie. It's the worst. In the first one, there's tables and trellises, and it's all very bespoke. Everything's being made very carefully. In the second movie, it's just assembly. It's disgusting. I have a three-word note here that just says terrifying elf silence. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, God, what? Try to understand this. God, I'm trying to remember what happens because he says something or something happens and everyone just goes quiet. Bernard. Bernard tells off Scott. Oh, <laughs> yes. He says, try to understand this. And all of the elves drop everything and just turn from their stations to stare. And it is frightful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also a fun thing where <laughs> Bernard quietly talks, sing, talks, sings. A Christmas song, so um, everyone does like it here. <laughs> Don't sing along. <laughs> it's so cute. Like it's it's scary, and it's like you know, the North Pole is kind of a spooky place. But the he got everyone in on the song with no effort because they just do that, and I I kind of love it. Um, up next, I just have surrounded by like sparkles and hearts. The word Judy again. Judy, Judy is a good, fun character in this. I'm the amount of cast. I, I this is my, this is a note for the second one. The amount of cast they change out because they obviously have to because there's an eight year gap between actual movies. Is we lost important people to age. the The main cast was allowed to age, but people like Judy. Oh my god, I missed her so much. Yeah. Uh. Then we have. Scott realizing, oh, my name is SC, like Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, 
this is a weird tangent, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it in anyway. Do you remember um, the Justice Friends segment on Dexter's Lab? Yes. Do you remember those puppets that like Kronk would watch? Yeah, they're here. Oh That's yeah, this, yeah, this, <laughs> the, this, they're just stalling Wardolf thing there. And when Scott takes his pants off in front of them, commenting like a pervert, they. <laughs> God. Uh, there is a gorgeous painting which they should have stuck with. Uh, when Scott steps out onto the balcony, and I, I wish I knew the artist. I wish I could find them and recognize them for this. Underneath the North Pole is apparently this beautiful, lit up landscape of giant onion topped russian towers and christmas lights and apparently a polar bear directing traffic like yeah it's amazing and then they say the line the most important line in all of these films maybe you remember Uh, i'll I'll let you say it okay um this is the line upon which it's the axis upon which all of the fiction is balanced um seeing isn't believing wheeler Believing, Believing is seeing. Is seeing. <laughs> and I think that's a very sweet sentiment if you're trying to sell me Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but next line is just divorce. Divorce. <laughs> yeah, divorce rears its ugly head. <laughs> Scott gets re-divorced on Christmas morning. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. This is the scene where... After he and Charlie wakes up, they wake up back in their own in their own house in their own bed, and he's in the satin sleep satin sleep clothes pajamas. pajamas. Yes, took me a minute. His gym jams, and and he wakes up. He he brushes all that happened off as a dream, and he tries to insist to Charlie that it was also a dream, which makes. Everyone feel and sound crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he sends Charlie off with with uh, with mom and Neil. They have and, Charlie yeah. gets a toy here, uh, he, and I can't identify it. And I wanted to know if you could. The car? It's like three skateboards welded. Together. Yeah, <laughs> it's, such, it's such a weird vehicle. Do you have to? Is it like a skateboard that becomes like a recumbent bike or something? It's, it's just skateboards. Um, yeah, I, I, I remember seeing it as a kid and wanting it, but also being like, I've never seen that on TV. That's not real. Yeah. Then we smash cut to school. What do you remember from school? Uh, a lot of awkward. A lot it of- hurt. <laughs> this. This is a little cringe, I gotta say. <laughs> it hurts so much for so many reasons. Um, the first thing that happens is we meet Fireman O'Hara, who is very grim, and says, like, the worst thing that can happen to you. The His worst thing. burns. And then the teacher says, we're so sorry about what happened to your partner. <laughs> 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 on his last day of on on, I mean, any day you walk into fire, one day be your before last day on the job. <laughs> um, 
Scott tries to sell himself as being a guy who sells toys and Charlie insists to his class that he's the actual Santa Claus. And then Scott makes a bad joke. Oh. Just like Santa, I work one day a year. Ha 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 ha. I don't like that. I mean, it's a dad joke. It's yes, <laughs> it's a dad joke. It's a joke that's not the kids don't understand. That's the yeah, thing. But then a kid makes the best joke in the world. Maybe you remember the bully. Ah, uh, what did he say? It's like so. If I push you off the roof, do I? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's how it works. Uh, the teacher. Oh my god, this made me like. Okay, so one of my friends at work is the HR lady, and oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to get deep into this, but she has a trans daughter, so she's dealing with that on her own. She's also like reckoning with me being like the only trans employee, and she can't really say trans. So we're rewinding to 1994, and the teacher can't say stepdad. <laughs> and then, and then when Charlie says elves, oh, that joke sucks. <laughs> it was so bad. It's God. It sucks so much. And okay, the worst thing about this is this is why is Charlie bringing both of his both of his dads to school for this? To compete. To compete. I like I like to think because they live separately that Charlie told Scott what was going on, but Neil like drove like <laughs> like Neil, Neil invited himself. Like Neil drove Charlie to school and stayed for this, but then Scott showed up independently. Yes, exactly. Um. Oh, uh, oh. There's a line earlier that we stepped over. Uh, from when they were leaving the house. Uh, he yells that he was sleeping buck naked. Oh God! And the and, the woman and, and her daughter pass by and says, "Keep your eyes forward. Keep your eyes forward." <laughs> Keep your eyes forward. And he's like, he's like doing the back down as he walks back inside. He's like, sometimes I wear the boxers. Like, you're not helping anymore. <sighs> um, we're like two or three scenes from Charlie saying some wild shit. But first we have to go to the, uh, the counselor and the aquarium, uh, which are two attempts to get Scott and Charlie to stop talking about Santa yeah uh see have reindeer as a line here uh, <laughs> oh god during the counseling session every time they ask scott a question he feeds them the scariest thing in the world to fuck with them first yeah he, <laughs> he he's full of sarcasm uh it's it's honestly too much but that's because tim allen isn't acting He's just being Tim <laughs> Allen. We get a there's again, we'll get the second movie. The second movie's a bit too much Tim Allen. Yeah. One was <laughs> enough and one was too much. Like uh <sighs> I remember specifically uh they were like, What book did you read, Charlie, before bed? And he goes, Oh, Hollywood Wives. And that's not a joke you get as a kid, but <laughs> Hollywood Wives is a novel. It sold 15 million copies. And uh, what is it even about? Uh, it just tells the stories of several women in Hollywood uh, from Wikipedia says vivacious screen vixen, vixens to young, innocent newcomers. So 
1994, probably the worst thing he could have said out loud. Let me let me read the description of the main character real quick. Uh, a Bronx girl turned Hollywood hostess who is desperate to stay on at the top while her marriage to former sex symbol Ross Conti crumbles beneath her. She is a compulsive shoplifter who lives in Beverly Hills. Elaine is a woman ruthlessly driven to improve both her husband's career and her own standing within Tinseltown. I'm looking up Ross Conti on Google, and he is hard to look at. This a one-time screen legend, but now faded Hollywood star. Ross is about to turn 50 and without a viable career. <laughs> it's uh, Knowing this information makes the horror on everyone else's face that much more real. Yeah, yeah. And the counselor, of course, is this very, like, serious, very solemn, dour woman who's taking this all at face value and becoming angrier by the second. Yeah. Uh, I think about next uh, counselor talks about the argument. Uh, and then I think Neil starts interrogating Charlie about, about the Santa stuff. Oh my god, so as a stepdad haver, especially one that I hate, um, <laughs> Neil's behavior is so real that I hate him. Like, even as he improves, and we'll talk about his backsliding in the second movie, but even as he improves, he is still just repugnant. Like, his he takes being a psychologist and turns it into, like, someone you want to fight in, like, the back alley parking lot. Yeah, he... He's like the opposite of Tim Allen in this movie in in the worst way. <laughs> if you you would think that the opposite of something that sucks would be something good. But no, that doesn't that doesn't work right away. It just sucks also. Yeah. Um I have a note that's very sincere here that just says I like the implication of Scott using his limited Charlie time for cool aquarium adventures. Yeah. Like, even uh, if he has to talk to Charlie some about something serious, he takes him, like, to the park or something first. That's a good dad move. Yeah. Uh, this is the polar bear swimming in the background. Yeah. It's, it's Fun. for some reason, it helps. <laughs> uh, uh, what's your next note? Let's compare where we, okay. what we reacted to. Charlie rules. Charlie then, rules? Yes. Uh, that, uh, that's, uh, that's either the therapy or was something else he said that was really good. Ah. And then Tim Allen inflation. Buh! Okay, so you didn't take a note <laughs> for a while. Um, my next note is, oh fuck, it's the chipmunks. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah I forgot that. <laughs> Playing the chipmunks. We see Charlie <laughs> having the most crazy play pretend session of all time. Oh yeah. <laughs> like he's practicing driving yes. having the sleigh he's linked up a bunch of chairs he stole from the kitchen uh, I think after that is God, I'm trying to think is the what was after that there's a Neil scene after that where Charlie says the wildest thing in the movie the, the time this is to... the interrogation I think you were talking about yes yes I talk about says, uh, how the Santa goes to go to every house on all these houses every night. Not every house celebrate Christmas, but still, there's a lot of houses. 
uh, there's probably some sort of time continuum. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Charlie says continuum. What? Why does he say that? How did? What is he? Where did he get that from? Who is who is giving these words to him? So so Charlie has two stepdads. There, first of all, there's Scott, his real dad, and then there's this first Neil, which is Neil who sucks, and then there's Neil deGrasse Tyson, <laughs> who's telling him about the time. <laughs> Uh, this is where the movie takes a dark turn, actually. Um, my next note is threat to remove Scott. Ooh, yeah. Duh. Yeah. This is when they're sitting on the porch at night and Neil goes, well, there's one obvious thing we can do. And it just makes me sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is this is like the worst moment for Neil. Like the, <laughs> the stuff around and lean up to the actual uh uh, right, the custody stuff. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> Neil is so nasty about this. Like, and what makes it extra real for me is, of course, that I know firsthand that this is how stepdads act. Yeah. If you're a stepdad, do better than this, or I'll come for you myself. If you're a stepdad, don't be a a, a movie villain cliche it <clears throat> sorry i went silent because i thought there was a connection issue and i was waiting to make sure we didn't talk over each other yeah. uh uh if you're a stepdad don't be a movie villain cliche yeah um so my next my next note is just the bribe worked oh yeah he gave him five dollars and tell him make sure this is a secret and so says, when oh, do yeah. I get that five bucks, you bitch? <laughs> Fork it up, businessman. I think that's probably where I put down Charlie rules. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> we're caught up. Um, unfortunately, we're getting to the TF stuff. <laughs> but I took this beat for beat, and that's why my very first note is just shitting and farting. Because he gets out of bed, and they just blast us with fart noises again. God, yeah. He's a he's a little chunky now. My next note is Tim looks better fat. I don't know why. This is like the 1% TF scene where he puts on like 20 pounds. Yeah. And he just looks happier, even though he's panicking. Um and then we get like 40 minutes of fat shaming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he talks about he when he goes into work. He says, "It's oh, I had a bee sting. Bad allergic reaction. It's a big bee." <laughs> and then he orders a a lot of dessert: Caesar salad, no dressing, then a cookie, a slice of cheesecake, um, and a hot fudge sundae with extra hot fudge on the side. On the side. <laughs> And then his coworkers watch him eat, which is the most fucked thing in the world. Um, at, <laughs> at that point, I mean, you're stuck in the meeting. You can't, you can't just just can't start the presentation, and he'll be quiet and eat while you talk. You dumb assholes. <laughs> uh, Jeopardy music. Oh my god, which makes it more painful. 
Okay. Uh, uh, total tank. Yeah. Why? I, I I skipped over a little bit of this because I because it was a little 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 cringe to me. It was. It this made me cringe more than school. Yeah. Uh, this is. I I like shy from using the word cringe. This shit hurted. Um. Yeah. Uh. Tim Allen is very offended by the Santa imagery presented. And, and the this, elves looking funny and yeah. This is like mythos, cause like it's not just physical TF. This is this is bimbofication. He cares about what Santa cares about now. <laughs> this is Santafication. Yeah, this is like you see the jokes on Twitter, but it's body and soul. It's in there. It's they they use the term Santafication. Yeah. Oh my god, they use desantification in the second movie. That's fucked up. <laughs> Uh, uh, he goes after this after he walks out the room he calms down says he doesn't know what went over him and uh, I think the next scene he goes to the doctor he has arrhythmia his heart is wrong (laughs) it's hard his heart is just in the Christmas spirit it's beating wrong it's an irregular (laughs) heartbeat he has a murmur now and he's wearing a big fake fat chest, and it's weird because the whole thing moves when he touches it. The jelly effect they did is—it's <laughs> so fucked. Uh, uh, next, he's after that he's walking down the street and he yeah, just sees people and says, "Oh, naughty, nice." I didn't. <laughs> he sees a girl, a lady in a shirt skirt. And it says, so I researched nice. this. I researched this. Her name is Laura Catalano. Uh, her her most uh, her most known roles are from the Santa Claus, where she's not pictured from the front, and a movie called Foolproof from two thousand three. And I'm pulling her up. Uh, oh, you do see her turn around, and she has a very cool hairdo, actually. Um, this is. She only exists in this movie to be the like the hot girl for 20 seconds. And more movies need this is my takeaway. <laughs> yeah. I want this to be a role that you just like, okay, Avengers, right? Like, let's say it's Avengers 17 or whatever. It's not a character. It's not Black Widow. It's just like she hulks walking down Main Street and hot girl number one passes by and they have an exchange and then the movie continues as if nothing happened. Yeah, uh, my note here for this is horny Santa, which is unfortunate. Uh, it cut out while you were talking. Give us uh, another take. <laughs> I don't sure you want me to. Bring it on. I can take it. Uh, my note here is horny Santa. Horny Santa, sure which is, is. unfortunate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next, we find out the sad backstory of Neil and and oh. Charlie's mom. Neil's backstory is so shallow; I still don't feel for <laughs> He didn't get a weenie whistle when he was three years old. When he was three, he was like, "I wanted an Oscar Mayer weenie whistle, and I didn't get it." So fuck Santa. Meanwhile. Laura's is like she wrote a letter. What is it? Every, nearly every, every week. Because we're two weeks out from the end of the year. If she sent one every week, that is fifty letters to Santa just to get mystery date. 
And she didn't get mystery dates, which means her parents weren't reading the letters. They neglected the one thing she wanted. <laughs> and the whole thing about her parents not being great. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. She got good gifts and they were like all detached from what she actually wanted. Her parents neglected to pay attention to their child on Christmas. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's amazing. It's amazing that she has better backstory than Neil, who is just there as the villain. Oh, he's he's just a big suck. Um, my next note, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, is three words again. It's just oh fuck backfire. Oh, <laughs> Charlie said he told the say the judge of everything. He told the judge every detail. And it fucked everything up, and it hurt me so bad. Uh, yeah, and Tim Allen loses custody, uh, like, immediately? Instantly. The, yeah. The, the weird thing about this, I didn't notice that the timeline of this, it doesn't... The timeline of this movie is a yeah, bit wild. Yeah, it starts going real fast. Because this is about Christmas time, apparently. Yeah, that we've made it to December by now. A whole year has passed between the last Christmas, which was like 30 minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, so Tim Allen goes to uh, goes to the house, goes to uh, Laura? Laura, yeah. Oh, we glossed over something I just wanted to go back to because it was kind of cute. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a soccer match. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And he's looking all sanded up because it's about December and he takes a seat on a bench. And this little girl who's kind of like pouty looking, she's a cutie. She's like, hey, I want ballet slippers. She does not introduce herself. She just mounts up and like just takes a knee and is like, give me what I want. You piece of shit. It's my time now. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a whole line of kids right as right as Charlie's other parents show up and they are mortified to see Scott doing it. They lined this. up by themselves. Yeah, they just assembled for him. <laughs> and oh my god, that's fear. Like, I, if I were in and, Laura's uh, position, uh, I would be afraid. And yeah. she continues to be afraid as we jump back forward to her house. Oh yeah, this one they talk about, they talk about, oh, I, I knew Scott would do a lot for it to get Charlie to like him better, but change his physical appearance. <laughs> it, that's terrible. He doesn't have a choice. <laughs> uh, but, okay, Scott goes to Laura's house to say goodbye to Charlie because Klaus custody. Uh, and he ends up kidnapping Charlie. <laughs> yeah, this is weird. Um, Bernard features in this scene, doesn't he? Yeah, he just shows up in the house. And Charlie says, is it okay if I get kidnapped? And Bernard, with a mouthful of dry-ass turkey, <laughs> says, oh yeah, absolutely. I don't have a problem with this. I fucking love Why, why he just shows up there to eat? All- yeah, he's criticizing their turkey and going all he does. on it. Like... <laughs> okay. Uh... We had a cutout, but uh, he does eat their food more than once. Yes. Uh, didn't there's a dance sequence? Oh my god, ZZ Top even. 
ZZ Top. ZZ Top's "Give God. Me All Your Lovin'" plays, and it's fucking iconic. <laughs> the music they, in this the music in this movie is very is very very good. They 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 engineered a new fireproof set of Jimber Jams to wear underneath the uh the Santa suit, and they're marching down the hallway with all this. New Heck, and they just do a little dance to give me all your loving on their way to the sleigh, and it it kills me. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, and Charlie giving a lot of good ideas. There's an elf named Quentin who features here, uh, and it's impossible to look him up because uh, I guess I spelled it wrong. Uh, but he reminds me. I want to say he went on to have a film career and was in like either Harry Potter or like Lord of the Rings or something. He's the mm-hmm. science elf who like made everything that Charlie dreamed up and I can't track him down. So I don't have actual mm-hmm. news there. I just, I can't stop thinking about Quentin, the inventor who gets replaced with someone who sucks in the next movie. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. That's fair. Curtis is no Quentin. Yeah. Uh, mall Santas get beat by cops is my next note. Uh, a lot of what's the word here? What's 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 it called? Pro Santa profiling. If, yeah. If oh my god. The message of this movie is somehow fuck cops, which I love. Ooh. There's no cop in this movie that doesn't even oh. good. <laughs> oh, the, the the sketch where they just they just laugh at the fact. Ah, yeah. Santa. The, the police sketch is just a generic photo of Santa Claus. Um, and that's really hard uh, for anyone to deal with. Um, I have a note here that says, I like how CDs were so new in 1994 that <laughs> Scott had to like say it out loud. Compact, uh, compact disc. Like, <laughs> HD DVD. Uh, there's uh, let's see, there's literally a lineup of sinners. Yeah, what? one of, one of them turns the wrong way. <laughs> but they do know the beard is not like fake, right? It's drawn to look real. Yeah, they're just getting every Santa. Uh, it's up until now that we find out. Uh, it takes this point in the movie for us to find out the name of where they live. Um, the cop cars say Lakeside Police, so they live in Lakeside, I guess. Lakeside somewhere. And then we meet the elves. And I need you to take it from me for a minute, because I hate the elves. Even as a kid, this was the weakest part for me. Okay. Okay. Uh, Santa's delivering places. Uh, let's cover something else real quick first, because... This the last the last hour the last bit is a lot to talk about. Oh yes, uh, he delivers presents. Uh, he goes back to the the little girl's house who oh, he says so lactose intolerant, and he says, "Oh, the milk's a bit sour." It's and she says, "It's soy milk." You said you were lactose intolerant. Oh, doesn't it just get at your heart, Wheeler? Yeah, it's sweet. <laughs> this movie, it's. It's a big, beautiful present of these sincere moments, and the wrapping paper is Tim Allen's cynicism. 
I think this is this is where I really realized, oh, this spot has been an entire a year. This is feels like it's been a month. <laughs> it's really that th- this movie could have done with like a calendar or something. Yeah, that'd help a lot. Uh, he delivers presents to Laura's house and gets arrested. I wrote down all the names just for when we're ready for that. <laughs> But yes, he does get arrested by cops, and uh, that's when they scramble the elves to go rescue him. I still the, hate the uh, elf. effective liberation. The effective liberating flight effective squad, liberation. not like I don't know anything that doesn't suck. It's yeah, it's a bad name. It's not even. It's not in the plural elves. I like that it's not the plural to make it distinct, but uh, my next line here is a cab. Oh God, <laughs> yeah, a cab to to adults and children. A <laughs> uh, he God the interrogation, the actual interrogation, it's so weird. Let's work through that bit. Just, you know, feed me, feed me the name, like feed me name and all because <laughs> this is how the interrogation goes. OK, we all know your name is Scott Calvin. So what is your name? Santa Claus. What's your name? Oh, I'm not going to give you more. We're, we're going on this ride together. <laughs> You've got to be the bad cop. I'm going to. Uh, Chris Kringle. <laughs> <clears throat> name Chris Kringle, Santa Claus, Père Noël, Buono Natale, Pelez Nicole, Topo Gijo. These are all. <laughs> God. I... I like to think it's a compulsion and he physically can't say Scott Calvin yeah. anymore. <laughs> I, I do not believe Scott Calvin would know all these names. Oh no. I just had a deeply cursed thought. Oh, please. What's, uh, uh, in that, uh, in that Jordan Peele horror movie, the first one, not the second one. Yes. Is Scott oh. Calvin <laughs> God, I can't believe Santa got, get, got out, get outed. Scott Calvin. Scott Calvin got, get outed <laughs> by the spirit of Christmas. That sucks. I hate myself for saying it. Um. Uh. Yeah. Uh, the line "elves with attitude" is the worst thing in film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. They got too much dialogue. Yeah, they didn't need dialogue. They should have been ninjas. Like they should have been wearing masks and being quiet. I thought they were going to be like stealthy, but no. Yeah. They're just a SWAT team. Um. Uh. Funny cop eat a donut. Yeah, the, uh, see, they see, they wrap up one cop, uh, they break out Santa, they don't break out the other guy. I had to ask him to break him out. Can y'all lend me some of that tinsel? I'm just <laughs> drunk. Like, uh, my next line here is Neil. Oh my gosh, okay, they he comes back to the house, uh huh, sure does. Uh, <laughs> And the presence he has, let's see, what was it? No, she believes he's Santa then. It's the funniest fucking line that made me cry from laughter. 
He's having this super warm moment, and he says, Charlie, I think you should stay. He places with your family, with your mom, and there's and like Neil. a nine-second pause. <laughs> and Neil. <laughs> the fact he's not called dad ever is the greatest. Oh, that's, I don't know that's, if you've ever had a stepdad. That's, that's how they were. Yeah, Dave, yeah, Dave but... forever. It sucks. <laughs> Dave, if you're listening, we still have beef. <laughs> I still cried at the scene right after this. But Neil actually has a moment, and it's so cartoonish. I love it. He walks up to Scott, and he gives him a long look, and he's trying to rationalize. And then the camera turns back around to Neil's face, and his eyes are so wide, and he's like about to cry. And he goes, Santa Claus? <laughs> um, this like is the M&M's commercial and this is about when uh, uh, Bernard shows up again eating Neil's Peter rap <laughs> yeah Peter <Peter-rap>. rap because <laughs> of course the psychologist in 1994 is making it <laughs> uh, yeah and he just he, he gives it back to Neil and after then just... taking a bite Right, and it just disappears. Uh, now, as a child of divorce, the next moment for me is like the powerful cinema ever put on film. Yes. Holy shit. Her gift to Scott Calvin is to throw the divorce papers in the fire. And I I cried now, today. I'm 29. No, I'm 27. <laughs> I don't know how old I am. <laughs> the server keeps making me forget. <laughs> Uh, yeah this is a good this is a good genuine scene bernard gets one last own in on neil for his sweater yeah god neil and his sweaters we haven't addressed this but i want all of neil's sweaters because as a man he can't really wear well but as a lesbian i can like it's super easy i i looked up his cootie sweater and that and i think it it may be because of now because but six hundred dollar sweaters they're in the second movie they call back to this and there's a recurring line of we'll talk about it later (laughs) where every one of neil's sweaters is the ugliest sweater you've ever seen until you see the next one and the second movie only gets one chance to tell that joke and they tell it as hard as they can (laughs) they tell it actually they tell that joke a few times oh they don't they don't they don't say it outright but they do kind of I think they do. I have a very dark line here in my notes. Oh, please. For rich people, cops are a spectator sport. And I think I'm... I'm God. For the cops surrounding the house. Parents and kids are pouring out of their homes to watch. Uh, I think at this point in my notes, I say I had at least 10% of this movie confused with Elf's plot. Oh, God. I've never seen Elf. Look, next year. <laughs> oh, next year it's Elf and then Santa Claus 3 as if they're the sequel to each other. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, and Santa flies off after uh, telling Charlie that uh, he has to stay with Neil and Laura and he'll he'll be there whenever. Now... Is what Charlie says in this moment whack or sweet? I can't decide. Oh, uh, 
What was it? He says he's hugging his dad. And he that, says, I, I okay. love you, Santa Claus. That's whack. Okay, it's a little right? <laughs> I always thought it was whack. Like, I, I felt weird there. Because he yeah. said son. Tim Allen says son. Yeah, I, Charlie's line should have been dad. Yeah. Because at that point, we should still be acknowledging that this has been a movie about divorce. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as Santa is flying away, though, there are elves in the crowd. Yeah, it's and this is a callback. I, I I refrained from saying this in the first moment of this podcast. As Tim Allen is driving home, they pass by the Salvation Army Santa and what looks like a bunch of kids looking at a train through a window. It's the elves. It's the same elves. They were watching the whole time. They planned this assassination on Santa Claus. <laughs> they've been here they knew it was going to happen that's why nobody surprised santa looks different this was an inside job god it was a political agenda for power this was this was a coup this was a coup this you know what for posterity's sake i'm just gonna say it this podcast is being recorded the day after donald trump was impeached <laughs> in the house <laughs> this was an impeachment of Santa Claus <laughs> and the installation of someone else to fill that role. I'm I was gonna say something, but it, it's redacted now. I but yeah. it's very redacted. <laughs> You're gonna bleep this in post, but I get to hear it. <laughs> I'll I'll save it for the for afterwards. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we talk about uh, Santa Claus um, two now. <laughs> I have one last five uh, five word notes, uh, and we we shouldn't uh, skip over uh, the very sweet last scene, should we? Um, oh yes. Scott flies over, and he's dropping presents on little parachutes. And Laura gets mystery date, and Neil gets his fucking Oscar Mayer weenie whistle. And my very last note after this very sweet scene is five words. <laughs> stupid shitty timeless sorcery ball <laughs> uh, yeah and oh yeah and the la and the next scene is charlie it's been it's 10 outside. minutes been 10 minutes charlie shaking the the globe waiting towards tim allen to show up it's been 10 minutes and then he shows up hugs him then back he goes. Charlie literally says, "Stupid ball! <laughs> this stupid ball doesn't work." Did God? He's it's an accurate seven-year-old. I know that's what I love. It that is that is a child acting exactly like a child. And I'm sorry, Finn Wolfhard. You you're more you're more grown up than that. You can't sell me on. You're not on Charlie's level. <laughs> 